0: As if that's not enough Two free pillows for our listeners Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula That's helixsleep.com slash Paula This is their best offer yet And I'll bet it won't last long With Helix Better Sleep Starts Now
1: A detective came and knocked on the door And I said, is it Renee? And he
2: just gave me that solemn look It was the worst day ever The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. Twenty-three years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramis went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town.
1: I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something.
2: She had a black eye about two weeks before
0: she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack.
3: You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me in my whole life.
2: You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? <laughs>
3: Coming to you live from our houses and backyards in Los Angeles, California, and Weehawken, New Jersey, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight... Pew, 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 no, that's not me making laser gun sounds, that's me talking about my favorite public research firm, pew, pew, how can we find out how everybody in the world feels about basically everything, pew, that's right, Claudia Dean of the Pew Research Center is here to answer all our questions about asking questions, pew, pew, also, we do some polling of our own for our first ever Poundstone Report, and please, sir, can I have some more? Apparently I can, because Olivers are positively crawling out of the woodwork around here. I'm Adam Thelbert, the man who tirelessly surveys the scene, canvassing every topic to create a truly consensual conversation. And now, please welcome the woman whose favorite choice is always none of the above. It's Paula Poundstone.
0: Adam, and thanks to tonight's house band, Alex Young from Los Angeles on the saxophone. Woo!
3: Nice, welcome, nice. Alex. Yeah. So, uh,
0: what's new, Paula Poundstone? It's uh, it's hot here. Um, so <laughs> I'm staying inside working, which is the same thing, no matter what the, no matter what the weather. Um, in my email today, I received. Some give us money mail from the Democrats, uh, which I do every day get these. But you know, do you get these with the subject lines of the give us money mail? You know, it'll say stuff like we're crying or we're crying oh, tears yeah. of joy or this is a difficult email to write. Or this is the last time we're writing to you, which really gets my hopes up. And then they write again the next day. Um, I mean, I support. Don't get me wrong. I support the Democrats. I give them money. I want them to do. And I'm sure Republicans have this. Uh, voters have the same thing, which is just a raft of this stuff every day. Today, one said this was the subject line. Prison for Donald Trump. Verdict pending. Like as if I'm supposed to click on it and tell them whether or not <laughs> Donald Trump. Well, I hope
3: you told them to send him to prison.
0: Did you? Yeah. Apparently, that's how we do it now. Uh, yeah. It's it's a fast-tracked thing.
3: Yeah. I hope you clicked on that, because otherwise, he's going to get away scot-free.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm too smart to do it now. But in the old right. days, I might have clicked, uh, thinking that someone really wanted my opinion. Like, it was really going to put, put away the whole family. Yeah. And instead, you get, can you give $5? Can you give $10? Can you give $15?
3: Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you yeah. were going to put him into slammer, and instead, they were just asking him for money.
0: Yeah, what uh, prison for Donald Trump? Who could who could not click on that for heaven's sakes? Yeah, uh, well, that's how they get you. Yeah, Trump's mother would have clicked on that if she could have. Um,
3: God rest her yeah. soul. Yeah.
0: Uh, by the way, you know my neighbors. The ones that uh, were building the ones a- next
3: door to you who are building that giant house that has been in progress for something like four or five years to the point where they give you and all your neighbors cookies on the major holidays to apologize and thank you for your patience, which you have run out of those. That neighbors? is correct. Those neighbors, <laughs> you know,
0: they they moved in. And yes. they've been there for a little while, and sometimes I hear them in the back and stuff. And I think to myself, "You know, uh, you know, I believe in being a good neighbor. So sometimes I think maybe the fact that I dislike them so uh, for no real personal reason, just because they've so much noise and and they destroyed my compost uh, container, and I think, well, okay, maybe it's time to bury the hatchet, right? Maybe You're I'm right. being just silly, and they're probably lovely people, right?" Well, sure, sure. They have some device. I don't know what it's called. I think it might be the thing generating their air conditioning. It's right beside my bedroom. It is the noisiest fucking thing. I don't even know to just all I woke up this morning hearing like Arr! that's Uh-oh. that's what I wake up to. That, and I don't I think they, I assume they went to work or something. I think they're those kind of people who go, let's keep it cool for when we get home. Oh, my uh, God. I hate them. <laughs> there, my my little period of thinking maybe I could get along with them. It's over.
3: Paula, you need to tell these people that they should move their air conditioning unit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I can't hear you. Hi, ding dong. I just came over to, uh, to ask you if you could move your. Uh, sorry, we can't hear you. Uh, okay. Did you want more cookies? No, thank you.
3: So frustrating. <laughs> well, speaking of summer fun, Paula, we've got some summer fun happening too. Not everybody can have your air conditioning adventures, but Bonnie Burns, let's go, Let's start with you and then we'll get to me. You might've heard something different about our intro tonight. There were a couple of subtle differences. Um, Bonnie, uh, what's up with you?
1: Well, I'm out here in my backyard. I tried something different. I'm on the lawn furniture. I've got one dog on my feet. The other one, I don't know where she is. I, you know, she eats a lot of grass. I don't know if that's something wrong with her. No,
3: you should feed her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's eating grass. She needs food.
1: Yeah. And uh, I know that the nobodies are going to write in and say it's a vitamin deficiency. It's a vitamin deficiency. But I took her to the vet and they said, no, that's not the problem. No, Um, they eat it
3: and throw up. They like to do that.
1: Yeah, they do. Anyway. What I'm hoping is that they. Do you know don't... why they do that? Why?
0: Why? Because they don't have fingers.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely right. Yeah. So, so basically, Paul is saying that your dog has an eating disorder and some yeah. body image problems.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he just wants to drop maybe one or two more pounds.
3: I'm sure nobody's going to write into us about that sensitivity issue. Go ahead. He's living
1: in the right family for the eating disorder.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Clearly. anyway.
1: Uh, I am out here and I'm hoping that the dogs aren't going to start barking at something or one of them will get on the lawn furniture and then growl because the other one's trying to come up here and, uh, be that's carousel. really expensive
3: lawn furniture, right?
1: You know, I've said before in the podcast, I sprung for the really expensive lawn furniture that's in sectional pieces and you can, you know, divide it up. So you put your legs out. And I've got the pillows that hold up very well. In the elements,
0: oh yeah, yeah. You got the my pillow, don't you?
3: Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah.
0: I wasn't going to support that guy. Yeah, no, Paul. Yeah. You know that guy in his commercials. He always said that he spent two or three years developing the pillow. I think really two or three years to to make a pillow.
3: Well, he didn't mention it, but he's not very bright, is the thing.
0: Yeah, I think he was just trying some stuff. Like, how oh, about pine cones? No, that's no, that's <laughs> how about squirrels?
3: I, I think there was a solid year of. I keep putting the feathers on the outside, and they co- keep blowing away.
0: <laughs> that's funny. What did he suggest? Um, martial
3: law. Yeah, that was his. Yeah, that was that was another one of his innovations. After yeah. the pillow, he invented martial law. Yeah. Um, so, Bonnie, you're outside. I'm sure nothing can go wrong here. This is this is really nice. I am in Weehawken, New Jersey, in my sister's basement.
0: Wow. Um. How come you guys don't get along? <laughs>
3: no, I, I needed some privacy to conduct my dirty personal habits. And by that, I mean podcast.
0: How long after you got there, did she send you to the basement?
3: <laughs> 20 minutes. No, I got here yeah. last night, uh, but it's fun to be here. My whole family is going to join me in a, in a little while. Um, Meaning a week, but I get it. I get a week with my sister. I'm here for her birthday. It's really fun, and I'm sure nothing could possibly go wrong down in this basement.
0: No, I don't. I don't see how. It
3: <laughs> Speaking of summer fun again and exotic destinations, we've got Bonnie in her backyard, me and Wee Hawking, Paula next to a brand new air conditioner, and I got an email from our wayward friend Tony Anita Hall.
0: Oh, you got an email because I got you an know email. what. I was walking across Bayona Creek on La Cienega Boulevard, and I saw a bottle that looked like it had something in it. I climbed (laughs) down the bank and scooped it up. It was a message in a bottle from Tony Anita Hull, who you will remember from last week was alone, rowing out towards a cruise ship uh, that she was going to climb on board. Do you want to hear what it says? Okay. Okay. Uh, It says... (laughs) Dear co-workers at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, objects on the ocean appear closer than they are. I've been rowing for days and I've lost sight of the cruise ship. The good news is I have plenty to eat because I brought my kitchen trash bin and I had some cookies in there. Oh, that's good. I miss you. I hope Adam is still on every show. That was part of what makes it such a special podcast. Well... It's really more of an odd cast. Ha ha, you can use that. I'm teaching myself to navigate by the stars. Last night I saw Celine Dion, so I think I'm pretty close to Nevada. I may dock there briefly before continuing on the Great Pacific. God, I miss Googling. Love, Tony Anita Hull. Oh,
3: wow. That's really nice. That's really nice. Her update's really nice. I'm so
0: glad I happened to look down there and see uh, on Bayona Creek that uh, that bottle with that message in it. Um,
3: Well, that must have been from a week ago because her email updates the story a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Let me read it to you. It says, hi, guys. So the good news is that I did manage to row all the way out to the cruise ship finally. And even if they weren't totally psyched to see me, they did have to rescue me. Maritime law, LOL. And I got a job doing social media for their small independent cruise line. So I am like literally below deck. Bad news is that five days south of Los Angeles, we were kind of hijacked by Ecuadorian pirates, which I guess is a thing now. And the pirate guy saw how good I was with the social and asked if I could do some spreadsheets. And I was like, a little So long story short, I'm doing a bunch of Excel stuff for the small, I guess, pirate fleet. It's kind of sweet, like Wendy with Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, except they are grown men and actual scary criminals. And instead of telling them bedtime stories, I'm making them an international shell corporation to allow them to hide their plunder in creative ways. Anyway, got to go because (laughs) me and this chef, the pirates kidnapped, are going to steal a raft and escape tonight and head towards Panama, where her cousin lives. Wish us luck. Miss you guys, except for the book club. LOL. Love, Tony. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that is, whew, that's harrowing. Yeah, well, she seems to be at peace with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, Ecuadorian pirates sound scary to me, but, you know.
3: They took her in as one of their yeah. own.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. But hey. Adam, Adam.
3: Yeah, yeah. Adam,
0: I, I have to tell you something that I don't tell everyone. Sometimes I get a little down. Sometimes. Really? I, I, I Yeah, I fight symptoms of depression. Little problems can masquerade as big problems. Like I can't seem to get the Christmas decorations put away. And just when my spirits are circling the drain, along comes a listener, a a nobody, Budicia, Not only lifting my spirits with the uplifting Who Will Buy song, from Oliver but helping me win my bet with you over whether there were two or more listeners who played Oliver in a children's production and would send in a recording of them singing a bit of who will buy oh thank you budicia this wonderful morning such a sky you never did see Who will tie it up in a ribbon and put it in a box? Just thinking about my living room rug, which is a virologist's playground, can bring on the dark clouds of despair. But along comes nobody, Jeff Walker, with a beautiful rendition of the song and absolutely ensuring that Adam pays off with the pound of red wriggler worms that he promised if he lost a bet. Jesus
3: Christ.
0: Thank you, Jeff.
3: So
2: I could see it at my leisure whenever things go wrong. And I would keep it as a treasure to last my whole life
1: long. Who will buy this wonderful feeling?
0: Dust. dust. So high, There's dust I'm everywhere. So the Joads didn't live with as much dust as I do. I don't even want to get up in the morning until I mainline a recording of an audio antidepressant sent <laughs> by a morning. former Oliver so Child I'm star Scott, like nobody, Scott Lutz. Oof. Me, oh my, I don't want to lose it. So what am I to do to keep the sky so blue? There must be someone who will buy. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. I've kept my two new kittens in the bathroom, so I taped shut the cabinets so that they couldn't get in there and knock everything over. So I didn't notice that I was running out of eye drops. And now, I may be losing vision while I wait for the prescription to be filled. That would really bring me down. But along comes nobody, Zach Moore, with a lovely recording that he just made of Who Let Will Buy. Let me guess. Who
1: will buy this wonderful <laughs> feeling? Such a sky you never did see. Who will tie it up in a ribbon and put it in a box for
0: me? And here's a clip of his school performance from 1984. Thank you, Zach. My field of vision may have narrowed, But my worm business is thriving, and I so appreciate the lift.
3: And I want to personally thank all those nobodies for just bringing down the hammer of that bet. You lost that bet. Man, did you lose that bet. Uh, Seven or eight times over. Yes, indeed. And thank you, all you nobodies. We love you. All right. Now, Paula, uh, do you have a word for us this week? I do, Adam. I have a word. Uh,
0: It's pengendrum. It's a noun that means a person who has or claims to have a great deal of authority or influence. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Donald Trump was voted out of the presidency and headed to a hotel in Florida to take his seat as the great pengendrum. This is such a fun word. I wish I could remember it. I'm going to put it right into the vocabulary song. Hold it. I have to get my... uh, You know... I lost my roadies during the pandemic. Uh,
3: Yeah, a lot of good roadies uh, lost their jobs during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. There it is. This week's word is pengendrum. It's a noun that means a person who has or claims to have a great deal of authority or influence. Yes, tell us more. You're so powerful, Mr. Mike Pence. Last week's word was indolent it's an adjective that means wanting to avoid activity or exertion lazy people who get up in the morning are crazy the week before that the word was sagacious it's an adjective that means having or showing good judgment catching a great cirque delay show in las vegas instead of choosing to pay rent going back before that the word was captious it's an adjective that means tending to find fault or raise petty objections. The January 6th commission is too soon. It's too late. It's too broad. It's too narrow. It'll interrupt Trump's erections. And not long ago, we had rebarbative, rebarbative, rebarbative. It's an adjective that means repellent or irritating. You're very cute, except when you're regurgitating. <laughs> Let's never forget free which I pronounce wrong until nobody James Harden corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable. Replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do.
3: Woo! Wow.
0: Wow.
1: That was, uh, that's,
3: that Glock must be smoking now.
0: Oh, boy. Well, if it's not, <laughs> I am. Um, pengendrum. <laughs> pengendrum. Person who claims to have a great deal of authority or influence.
3: Yep. Even if they don't. Yeah, exactly. Pengendrum. Right. Pengendrum. All right, coming up. Henry Kissinger once said leaders are responsible not for running public opinion polls, but for the consequences of their actions. And then he added, so either way, Mr. President, you are fucked. We'll talk to someone who is responsible for public opinion polls next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, you know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider.
0: Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream, and let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our...
3: A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good.
0: I ordered the brushed The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality. A podcast that's dismantling New Age cults, wellness grifters, and
3: conspiracy-mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They (laughs) dive deep into current events, such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem, with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light.
0: I highly recommend you check out conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism.
3: And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it.
0: I, I do. They're they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that.
3: From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: (laughs) On this day in unremarkable history, Richard Sackler said, I hate to see you in pain.
3: (laughs) Thank you, house band Alex Young. And we are back. Me and in New Jersey. Bonnie Burns in the backyard. How's that treating you, Bonnie? It's
1: fabulous. You know, the sun is kind of setting and there's a nice breeze out. One dog is here panting next to me, and the other one's laying on the patio. It's heavenly. Wow.
3: A little slice of summer from Bonnie Burns, everybody.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited about the part where a big bird swoops down and takes her away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, it may well happen. Um, yeah. I think I could get used to this Bonnie in the backyard thing. I got to tell you, she sounds a little more laid back, Paula.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she, she does. Yeah, she sounds... Uh, like she's one with the
3: earth. absolutely she's very, yeah. very, very Zen. Hey Paula, I sense speaking of Zen, I am sensing that uh, you saw a pretty cool graph last week. Am I right?
0: <laughs> uh, yes, I did. Oh my gosh, you are one with you are one with my brain. Yeah, um, I'm attuned. Uh, there was a chart about how much other countries uh, I think it's trust Joe Biden as compared to the previous guy. And yes. <laughs> um, I've seen it in a bunch of places now. And, of course, in small print, it says uh, from the Pew Research Center.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the Pew Research Center. They're, they're an amazing organization. I'm guessing that that chart, the Pew chart, also got you thinking about public research polling in general, particularly from Pew.
0: No, actually, I've, I've heard people refer on the news refer to you know Pew Research many, many times. Frankly, I never had any idea. Uh, what they were. Um, oh, well,
3: <laughs> this is going to amaze you, Paul. They
0: are hell of a graph drawer, I can tell you that.
3: Um, by amazing happenstance, we have an expert right here in the stuff of the Pew Research Center. She's no. the vice president of research at the Pew Research Center. Please welcome Claudia Dean. Yeah. How does a thing like that happen? <laughs> it's just coincidence.
2: Amazing synergy. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Well, yeah, they let uh, they let me and the one graph drawer out just like maybe once every semester.
0: Well, I'm so glad we got
2: to get you. Well, Claudia Dean, will you tell us what is the Pew Research Center? Sure, absolutely. Um, so we're a nonprofit research organization. We do mainly public opinion polling, demographic research, other kinds of data driven social science research. And we're mainly asking people about topics like religion, politics, science, you know, the non-controversial stuff. Um, (laughs) And we're nonpartisan and non-advocacy. We're not trying to take a policy position. We're just trying to, uh, it sounds hokey, but we're trying to hold a mirror up to society, like hold a mirror up to ourselves and uh, see what we look like. Oh, geez, that's that's painful.
0: Right there. It is. I spend as little time in front of a mirror myself as I possibly can. Um, (laughs) Now, I watch a lot of news. I listen to a lot of news. And uh, I really do constantly hear Pew Research Center, Pew Research Center. What is it that Pew is doing that should make us believe what they say? Like, how do we know that that graph, that beautiful graph about Biden and Trump and
2: the foreign opinion, uh, how do we know to believe that? I love that question because I think in an age when we're all so inundated with information, you really have to work to be a savvy information consumer. Um, So you shouldn't take anything for granted. Like if you're going to keep seeing an organization reference, yes, we love you and, and lots of other folks in this business to rely on an organization's transparency. So you're looking for a track record and you're looking for, in the case of science, physical science or social science, just, you know, a level of transparency that's so high, you can almost see right through it. And I think in our case, you know, we really try to bring a lot of rigor to the work. We have a lot of PhD social scientists, and we partner them with a lot of uh, journalists, former journalists, to try and make the information really digestible. But I think the thing that I'm proud of about our shop, in particular, is we really go heavy—perhaps sometimes too heavy—on the humility. Like um, we get cited <laughs> a lot for for why polling is good, but when you read articles about that are bashing polling, you'll see us cited too because we put it all out there. So, if you want to know what response rates are on modern polls, which are pretty low, you're going to probably see a Pew Research Center citation on that too. Wow! So. What do you mean response rates on modern polls? Yeah, I mean, so the basic idea of polling, right, which, you know, modern polling kind of came about in the 30s and 40s with names like Gallup and Roper that you've all heard of was Mm -hmm. this idea that if you could get a representative sample of a large group of people, you could represent their views by only talking to a thousand people instead of having to do the U.S. census every time you want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so that has become more difficult over time for a variety of reasons, you know, communications, technologies change, and then just people's willingness to talk to you on the phone to answer questions.
3: And that's the response rate you were referring to.
2: Yeah. And so when you're trying to understand a poll, you want to know, first of all, did everyone in the population that's being measured, which could be a country, a state, I don't know, an organization, Congress, whatever, did everyone had a chance of participating? And then how were people selected? Is Every kind of person represented. So I Googled Pew Research Center and they described
0: themselves as a fact tank. Yeah, I knew that was going to come up. Yeah, I, I love that fact tank. Um, I mean, that right there is a little presumptive. Yeah,
2: so much for my humility talking point. Is yeah, that you're yeah, saying fact okay. tank. Um, are there
0: bottom feeders in the fact <laughs> tank? That's what I want to know. And does it have to be cleaned? Um,
2: a fact tank I guess, so what we're trying to do with that is, you know, we're based in D.C., and there is a pretty healthy think tank industry with a lot of people who are you know, scholars, experts, and a lot of think tanks are taking positions on things. They would be making a recommendation on policy, whether it be health policy or education or whatever. And so we were trying to make the distinction that we are not actually taking a position. We're going to poll on climate change. We are not taking a position on what, if anything you should do about it or pick any controversial
3: issue of the day. And you're not being hired by anybody either. I think that's kind of an important distinction because I mean, I have hired poll companies, respectable ones, but they can be hired to do (laughs) stuff for you.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, there's a whole industry around market research that's trying to measure, you know, do you like your detergent to be lavender scented or not? Right. There's, you know, there's a million reasons you want to talk to people and get their opinions. Mm -hmm. And of course, politicians and parties, people running for office will hire pollsters to try and find out how they can best you know, capture the public's imagination, I guess. Uh, we're trying to do something different. So we're, we're philanthropically funded. So we don't have any clients. So we're not working for anybody. Um, we're just trying to be a reliable source of info.
0: Let me get specific. Okay, so I looked up one, would you call it a study or poll? Uh, sure. Uh, yes. one, one fact that I found in your tank. Um, it says <laughs> that in, in many places surveyed, Younger people have more confidence in Vladimir Putin than their older counterparts. Now, when they say many places surveyed, I'm not sure what they mean by that. Do you know anything about that particular study? I realize you didn't work on every one of them.
2: (laughs) Well, um, did you read the full report, Paula? No, I just glanced. (laughs) Uh, I am sure. I hope that's not a polling question. I mean, this is probably about a recent study we did, international study looking at confidence in world leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't happen to work on that study, but we surveyed in 14 nations. And I will bet you, what what should I bet you? I will buy you a fish tank if you cannot go to that report and find out what specific nations were surveyed. And in excruciating detail... (laughs) How we surveyed in each country and what we think the strengths and weaknesses of the data from each country are.
3: Uh huh. It's true. What's true? I just want to say that I've had to, I have enjoyed reading through You've many of Pew reports. I've yeah. had the pleasure of reading mm-hmm. through many reports. And I mean, I understand what you guys are doing, I don't understand how you do it. I mean, to, to me, in research, Pew studies are kind of the gold standard. I, I just love them. But like when your report on religion comes out, and what is that, every four years or five years or something? Seven, uh, more or seven or less. years. It's like a, it's a huge event, but like, h- how gigantic must your staff be to get ask that many thousands of people in that many countries what they believe about God?
0: I just before you answer, I want to say that every seven years when your religion uh, polling comes out, we have a party right here at
3: my
2: house. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll try and make sure you get the next date so you can start decorating. Mm-hmm. Um Thank we're you. trying to we're trying to raise some extra funds for it now. So if anyone listening, so the reason it's interesting to study religion is that it's one of the topics that the US government doesn't study, right? It's part of our national mandate that the census and other products aren't asking you about religion. And so when you are trying to understand what's happening in a country with religious affiliation, you have to turn to external polls like ours. There are some academic polling centers that do quite good work on this. But there's actually really interesting things going on on this front. This is a place where you see societal change happening at a faster rate than is usual. So for example, in the US, right, we still are disproportionately such a Christian nation, very you know, focused on institutional religion, but the share of Americans identifying as Christian has gone down from, it was like 78% in 2007. And the last time we put out numbers in 2019, it was 65%. So that is a major, you know, change happening in society. And then of course you wanna go to the question why, polls can tell you some of that. And then reporting takes you the next level and talking to people who are leading churches and talking to people who are leaving churches. So when I was talking about holding a mirror up to society, I think that that's an instance of where surveys can provide that service, but they can't, you know, answer every question. I mean, to your question, Adam, about how you do this, we, we don't have a staff of millions of people. We have a staff of about 180 people. Um,
3: wow. That's ha- a lot of phone calls and a lot of long distance bills. <laughs>
2: that's right. That's why I have to get off pretty soon because I have like <laughs> 150 more tonight. Um Yeah, I need to ask you guys a few questions before you get off. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, but now we've moved our service to being online, and an online survey has lots of benefits. You don't have to pay a live interview, you don't have to make a live phone call, you don't have to have somebody. You know, people can answer it whenever they choose, and then it has downsides as well, in that there's no way to get a random sample of people's like email addresses or etc
0: where do you get the email addresses when you do an online poll
2: so if you have any young relatives that want to get into a field that's in creative chaos you can just send them over to polling because <laughs> everybody's trying to figure that out right because it's completely changed the cost model if you can just hit send and send interviews out to a thousand people you can imagine the differential and and cost. For us, we are pretty traditional and and small C conservative in terms of we know how this sort of idea of random probability based sampling works, and we are mm-hmm. taking our time moving away from it because we want to make sure whatever we whatever you know rock in the pond we jump to next is steady. So mm-hmm. we have a list of. Anyone can get access to a list of every address in the United States, right? There's the Postal Service keeps it. So we mm-hmm. use that to do a random sample. We send people postcards and then we recruit them into the online sample by first reaching them through mail. I could say a lot more about that, but I sense several people may already be snoozing.
0: No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm no, I'm I'm listening carefully. So all right, again, just as a specific example, another and I didn't read the underlying article. But I did glance at one thing, I like your honesty, that said that you had done polling that revealed that a majority of Americans continue to favor moving away from the Electoral College. Well, I have two questions. One is how did you go about doing that, and two is what the fuck? Why don't we get rid of the Electoral College then?
3: I feel like number two can't isn't really inside the uh, <laughs> the purview of Claudia, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Claudia, how, how, how did you determine that and and why haven't you done anything about it?
2: Right. Yeah. Why haven't I gotten rid of the Electoral <laughs> College? Um, yes. Well, here you're going to want to probably, as uh, one of your next guests, get some sort of political theorist who can go back to the way we created the country and the relationship between sort of what the public wants and what their elected representatives want to do. Mm-hmm. And you all know you know, as much about that as anyone having observed politics and discussed it. Um, can't, can't really help on that one. All right. So was this one that was done online? So almost all our surveys in the United States now are done online through this, uh-huh. um, we call it the American Trends Panel, and that's it's about 10,000 people. They've been randomly selected either through mail or through telephone calls. And they agree to participate in surveys. We provide them a small amount of compensation to participate. And well, shit, I didn't know that. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, See, that's the trick. You can't volunteer (laughs) in because certain people are disproportionately likely to want to take polls. And so. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Oddly. I love that
0: idea that there are people sucking around to do polls all the time and that you have to kind of, you know, try not to choose them. The the people who are just, you know, all they want to do is polls. They just want to be asked questions. I was in a mall one time many, many, many years ago and somebody came up to me that was a um, market research person and they asked me if I would answer some questions about some cookies and they took me to this small room somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> in the mall and they had a couple different kinds of cookies out to be clear. That was not me. I, I didn't think, no, this was, this was market research, but I'm telling you, I thought I was going to eat a couple cookies, answer one or two questions and get out of there. Next thing I know it was, yeah, but was it crumbly? Was it crispy? Like it was so many cookie questions. I, I ended, I don't think I even finished it. I, not the cookie. I finished the cookie. I don't think I finished the, um, the questionnaire because it was just too goddamn many questions about, um, cookies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you do your religious polling, is there, um, a question where you ask people to self identify
2: as, um, pious hypocrites? We do ask people to self-identify into a religious tradition. That, is, that could be a volunteered option, but we do not have that as an actual
3: option. Highest hypocrites. You should think about putting that category in. Um, you know, uh, Dan Quayle once said a low voter turnout is an indication of fewer people going to the polls. Yes, yes, yes. We'll explore even deeper insights into polling when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Albiona from Oceanside, California. And we're back with Claudia Dean from the Pew Research Center. Paula?
0: Um, Claudia, I listened to a book recently. In fact, it was Hillbilly Elegy. And at the end of it, it's a memoir of this guy's life. And he cites that the people in his community, and I believe he referred to some sort of a poll or a study that evidenced this, that they believed themselves to attend church more than they actually do. I was kind of fascinated by that. How would such information get unearthed?
2: Well... I love that you've asked this. This is one of the classic sort of measurement challenges in polling and it it circles around this concept of social desirability bias is what we call it. And it basically just means we're studying humans and humans want other humans to think well of them. Um, And so one classic example of this is the church example you mentioned. The other one is voting, right? So whenever we ask people, did you vote in the last election? Uh, We know how many people voted, right, because our electoral system keeps count of that. And we get a lot more people in surveys say they voted than voted to the extent that, uh, you know, pollsters go to great lengths to say, hey, we know you're probably really busy and maybe you were sick that day and there are probably a lot of other reasons and you wanted to, but did you actually vote or not? You know, like you have to really push people because they don't want to represent themselves that way. It's the same thing with church. And actually- One of my colleagues, Greg Smith, has been writing about this because a big deal for us was we were talking earlier in the segment about these numbers on church attendance being one of the few numbers of record that are available. So when we made a change from doing telephone surveys to doing online surveys, we saw the number of people that reported going to church on a regular basis drop. And so... Then this gets to this sort of mode difference that we've observed in other ways that when you're talking to a live person on the phone, you may feel you have to give them the socially desirable answer, which is, yes, I vote, I go to church, all these, you know, I exercise, you know, just think of it as like, what's in somebody's dating profile versus like, <laughs> when you meet them, right? It's the same concept. But I think Greg put it well, he said, it's kind of people don't they don't really feel like they're lying when they over-report they go to church weekly. It's just you're asking them about a behavior, which is, did, do you go to church weekly? They are answering about their identity, which is, I am the kind of person who goes to church regularly, right? And it's kind of different. And so, Yeah,
0: I'm the kind of person who does, I just don't because I'm busy. But I am the kind of
3: person who does. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So what, what, what you're saying is if the Catholic Church would only move their confessionals online, they'd learn so much more dirt about their parishioners.
2: Well, I mean, one thing that, you know, you get into this sort of weird philosophical, well, which report is right? If I call Adam on the phone and he's hearing my voice and he gives an answer, the thing he tells me on the phone or is it the thing he reports on the Internet survey? Right. So, for example, another place we've seen differences is when we ask people about the quality of their family life. So guess where they rate it higher. You think people rate their family lives higher when they're talking to a phone interview or on an Internet interview?
0: Uh, oh, I what? would guess on the phone interview.
2: Yes. And I'm going to guess on the on, phone. Yeah. Because you
0: don't want to say that to somebody else. Um, when they ask about the family, did you notice online that whereas they may have been more honest, you could also see the tear
2: stains? (laughs) Um, We did not measure for any sort of excretions, no.
0: (laughs) And when you mentioned church attendance, are you only getting that information from the people that you're polling? Like churches don't keep numbers, do they? I mean, in my church, they used to make us count off um, just uh, when we first got in there. Um, but you could come in and then leave, and they didn't know it. Um, oh
3: wow! In mine, we were chained to it, so they always knew how many how many people were there. <laughs> Boy, that was a bad childhood, now that I think about it.
0: I
2: did see that atheism is on the rise. Yes, yeah, it's actually the share of people who say none, n o n e. That's the biggest category, bigger than sort of atheists or agnostics. It's just that to say no, I I'm I don't. Consider myself, you know. And that's the
3: report that that changed so much, as you were saying earlier, between 2007 and 2014. And you're trying to get our listeners to give you money for 2021.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yes, okay. there is a donate button on our
0: website. <laughs> <laughs> huh. And then there's also a you can also you can push or not push the donate button, but then there's a question right beside it that says, Did you donate? And a lot of people don't if push so, the why. Button.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I want to do some polling. Uh, just on my own. And, okay. uh, you know, a little avocation, like, how should I be wording my questions? Uh, this is not going to be an online survey. This is going to be direct, like over the, you know, I'm going to talk to people. How do you, is there a style of question that I need to answer to get the most yeah, accurate? Yeah, you know,
2: believe it or not, like when you scratch into any sort of field, there's layers and layers and depths, and there's an entire scholarly literature on question wording and how to ask a good question. A lot of it is common sense. I often, you know, during election season, I do a lot of talks about how to tell if it's a good survey or not. You know, you should always look at the questionnaire. The questions should be very straightforward. They should be written, um, you know, in a language sort of um, like you might see in the newspaper, not jargony, clear. Obviously, they shouldn't be leading. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. They should have a place for everyone to give a response, you know, like all the different possible options. You know, some ways people can go wrong. Uh, There's like double barreled questions. People go wrong with those, which is when you put two things in one question instead of one. This would be an example, hopefully, no one will ever do, but like, do you approve of world leaders such as Vladimir Putin and Angela Merkel? Um, You know, you wouldn't want to put an approval for two people. In the same question, who people might have very different views about, you would want to ask those one by one. Right. Um,
3: Right. mm -hmm. Let me try a sample question. Tell me if I'm doing this right or wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, Do you go to church? Don't lie to me, Claudia. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? (laughs)
2: Uh, no, it's a little bit judgy sounding. Do you go to church?
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I see. I uh-huh. would say. So that was the
0: only thing you noticed that was yeah. bad about <laughs> You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Let's, start, let's okay. try it again.
3: How many times per year do you go to church? Don't lie to me, Claudia! <laughs> Is that better? Well, no. Not no. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter with it? Yeah, you know what?
2: Back to reporting school for you. I think I
0: (laughs) I think you need to use the word heathen in there somewhere. All right, Claudia, what has been your favorite study, or is there any data that's really shocked you that you guys have come up with where you didn't you didn't see it coming?
2: Um, the polling on the coronavirus pandemic this year. You know, we're an industry that sort of lives or dies whether or not we participate in doing election horse race polling, you know, presidential polling and Mm -hmm. the Pew Research Center, we don't do a ton of that. But we, you know, we sort of get affiliated with that so much that people forget there's other things we're doing. And I think that survey research was able to be useful in the beginning of this pandemic in a way that was really fulfilling for people who got to do it. Because if you think about it, everybody is sent home. We don't have uh, national systems to be really counting, you know, how many people are getting sick in an easy, like it was all difficult at first, you know, but we could go through to people on the phone or internet and, and ask and find out what was going on. And you could see in the early data coming in, you know, the sort of incredible economic impact on folks who had lower incomes on Latinos. Um, We saw from the very beginning that black Americans were more likely to know someone who was seriously ill. And then the data continued to follow that trend out. But I think probably the surprising thing to me, even as somebody who studied political polarization for a while um, at the Pew Research Center, was how quickly the pandemic became partisan and when those early numbers were coming in um, you know, where we found that Democrats and Republicans both were seeing this as a major economic crisis, but were really divided on whether it was a health crisis or not. Hmm. You know that that was surprising. maybe it shouldn't have been Donald Trump was the you know, most polarizing president in survey since Eisenhower. And he was one of the main messengers. The other messengers, the media, the media views of the media are incredibly polarized. So maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I still was surprised. Did they
0: do polling when
2: Eisenhower was president? Yeah, they did.
0: Started well, I, in the I, 40s. Was one yeah. of the questions, do you think Eisenhower has a baby head? Was
2: that? One of uh, you probably have to go back to the Gallup archive for that. <laughs> I want each of you to promise me you will participate in the next legitimate survey that you are offered a chance to do.
3: Oh, absolutely. It's the least you could do. How do we know if it's legitimate?
2: Well, you can ask who's sponsoring the survey and then okay. do a little research. Let me just warn
0: you, if it's Chips Ahoy, don't do it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Very good advice. Well, Claudia Dean, that was excellent. And now we are going to take all this information, all this data that you have provided us with, and run it through a machine that we call the Pounce-denator. Paula?
0: House band Alex Young. I don't want to go another inch further without telling you how good that saxophone is sounding. And I don't think it would be without you blowing into it. So now, if I could ask for a little background music, I'll tell you what the old pounce donator spit out. Claudia Dean, this was fascinating. I learned so much. Now I can't stop polling. I might even start pole dancing. I polled my pets using my brand new company, P.U. Research. We have found... 12 out of 12 household pets prefer vomiting on carpeting more than any other surface. Two out of 12 household pets feel competitive about how many surfaces they can soil with one blast of vomit. Two out of 12 household pets love kittens. 10 out of 12 household pets start meowing at least an hour before feeding time even when there is food in their bowls. Two out of 12 household pets like to go out if you're going out, but if you're staying in, they want to go out just until they realize you're staying in. But if you go out when they're in, they want to go out. When they realize you're staying out and none of them understand, I'll be right back. On the topic of religion, five out of 12 household pets would prefer to play with a communion wafer than eat it. Three out of 12 household pets would prefer to eat the real body of Christ than the symbolic communion wafer. One out of 12 household pets would follow Jesus anywhere if he would just throw the tennis ball. On the topic of politics, 12 out of 12 household pets are saddened by the loss of Bo Obama and Champ Biden and would never trust a president who didn't care for animals in their home.
3: She is the vice president of research at the Pew Research Center. Thank you so much. Claudia Dean, everybody.
0: Thank you, Claudia. You were wonderful. It was great to talk to you all. Really good. Thank you so much. And for the Pew Research Center funders, that was an official thank you.
3: (laughs) Yes. Coming up, if Pew can do it, why can't we? Pollster Paula Poundstone polls people and produces the Poundstone Report. When we come back. Fun fact, the bite of a grizzly bear is strong enough to crush a bowling ball. Though, for that to happen, that bowling ball would have to be a real asshole. (laughs) And we're back. Paula... We've just learned so much about polling. It's delightful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's how
0: you find the beating heart of popular opinion.
3: Yes, it is. And you know what? You had what I'm going to call, and I don't do this lightly, a genius idea. And that was that you are going to start polling. Yeah. I'm going to do some polling.
0: Yeah. I thought I'd do some polling polling. Among us. I think
3: that's a right. random sample size, don't you? Yeah, it's a random sampling of us, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, I'm going to be your, your tally guy, right? You're the pollster and yeah. the tally person.
0: Yeah, I need you to figure out the percentages on this for me. Well, I've got
3: a, I've got a pen here. I've got a pen here. I've got some paper.
0: Okay. Um, all, right. all right, here's the
3: yeah, first question. There we
0: go. It's uh-huh. uh, Bonnie. Yeah, Paula. Uh, yeah, hi. I'm calling from uh, Poundstone Polling. Oh, sorry.
1: I have a baby in the bathtub. I got to go.
3: Wow. You lost one, Paula.
0: (laughs) Well, we almost lost two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm glad that you prioritized the baby in the bathtub. (laughs) I think you made the right choice there. I'm back. I don't take Um, calls like this. Sorry. I know it's a really hard job you have, but yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question. Now that the stay-at-home orders have been lifted, leaving the house is difficult for me, very difficult for me, (laughs) or I'm always out of the house now. Um, Do you want me to repeat the choices? It's (laughs) difficult for me, very difficult for me, or I'm always out of the house now.
1: You know, this is one of these that's slanted because you don't have like they're all about difficult. I mean, what if there's like I don't have that many places to go,
0: or D, <laughs> I I don't have any place to go. That's the... I said that many places to go, or D, the pathetic answer. <laughs> I don't
3: have any place to go. I take okay. D. <laughs> All right, so that's one for D. Okay, great. Go on, Paula. I've got this.
0: Uh, okay, Adam, uh, now that the stay-at-home order has been lifted, leaving the house is A, difficult for me, B, very difficult for me, C, I'm always out of the house, or D,
3: the pathetic answer, I, I don't have anywhere to go. Oh, okay. Um, um, I'm not always out of the house, um... But I don't have trouble leaving when it's time. So I guess my answer is, um, I go when I have to.
0: Okay, uh, you know, Claudia from the Pew Research Center didn't mention um, uh-huh. the people that, that I'm asking uh, writing in their own multiple choice
3: answers. But we're having a lot of that. All right, we've got two of that now. Now, Paula, what's your answer? Because we need to, to get your answer. I would say A. It's difficult.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. Good. Okay, good. It does. okay Let's it move feels... on to the next question. This is good.
0: All right. Um, Wait. Uh, ah! Uh, ah! Oh, no. Wait. Somebody's interfering with the ah! survey. Okay. Uh, well, here's the <laughs> survey. My view on dogs is, A, I really love them. B, they interrupt podcasts. <laughs> Or C, I only have them so I can go to the vet. Bonnie? (laughs) Oh, You really love them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just so everybody knows, Bonnie, I can't say this happened just recently, but her dogs used to bark every time we were on the phone. And she would say, oh, I don't know why they're doing that. They only do it when I'm on the phone with you. They don't do that any other time. And just the whole, I could barely even hear her saying that because it was. Raw, 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 raw. <laughs> and then one time we happened to be on a conference call, I think it was, with my agent, Josh, who, who perhaps you remember from helping out with some taste tests a long time ago. And uh, so the dogs, you know, raw, 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 and Bonnie seemed a little bit uncomfortable. And then it turned out that she had said the exact same thing to Josh. <laughs> That,
3: oh, wow. Yeah, so and w- we
0: were able to compare notes now, and it turned out, yeah, that's just what she said. So her dogs bark incessantly when anybody's on the phone, and she <laughs> makes each person think it's unique just to them.
3: They've really never barked when I've talked to her on the phone.
0: Okay, here's, uh, when you talk with Bonnie Burns, A, her dogs bark, B, they, they don't bark. Are we just bark. abandoning
3: the last question? Or- <laughs>
0: or c- no, we're not. Okay, Adam, uh, A, uh well, my feelings about dogs. I, 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 I love them. I love them. Oh, so that's two A's. Uh-huh. And- um, Your answer? Uh, 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 C. I, I, I only have them so I can go to the vet. Okay.
3: Yeah. Really? And uh, let, let's yeah. do for this, to get a complete data set, let's do at least one more question.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I'll tell the vet that my dog is in pain just to get the meds. Uh, boy, she seems like she's in pain, doesn't she? And he'll go, no, she seems fine. (laughs) Oh, no, no, she's in a lot of pain. I'm sure of it. Oh, she was up all night last night. Just terrible, terrible pain. Um, I want to say something
1: about saying that they only bark when you're on the phone.
3: I feel like we're really leaving the whole world of the poll right now.
0: We're not. We're, 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 we're not. That. Sometimes, you know, you have these other conversations on the side when you're polling. Yes, but right. no, You yes. really
3: don't. Okay, but go no, ahead, Bonnie. You no, I think yeah, you do.
0: you do. Yeah, you do. Unless it was online. But when you talk directly to the person, yeah, sometimes you engage with them. Go ahead, Bonnie. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, when they were barking when you and I were talking, I didn't want yeah. you to think that, you know, I was being unprofessional like when I was talking to people doing business for you. And uh-huh. that they heard barking in the background like I might seem unprofessional. So oh, I, I said to you, oh, I don't know
0: what it is they only bark <laughs> when okay. I'm talking to you on the phone. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how much it comforts me to know that <laughs> you just lie and manipulate me no, in, but in the order truth to is, seem professional. That's honestly, good. Thank you.
1: Yeah. The truth is they almost always only bark when I was on the phone talking to you. And I don't know, they did it with Josh, too. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. Okay, here's a question. Um, I enjoy working with people who, A, bullface lie to me every chance they get. B, always tell me the truth. Or C, I just don't really like working with people. Bonnie? Okay.
1: I really, 99.9% of the time, don't try to manipulate you. Okay, but that's, that's not, not the question. The question. <laughs> Do
3: you like to work, Bonnie, with people who lie to you, who tell the truth to you? No, or I Or you don't like liars. working with people? I okay, hate so you, liars. So, okay. so you, you would right. like to always tell the truth. Okay, I'm going to yeah. go with Paula. I also like working with people who always tell me the truth. Uh,
0: yeah. And yeah. you? Uh, I like working with people who tell me the truth. Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, this, okay, fe- this yeah. doesn't feel like a scientific poll, it feels no, like an airing of grievances This is why Bonnie got fired
0: from her own company. Um, because Bonnie doesn't like to work with people who lie, and so no. she threw herself out. Yes, <laughs> yeah, there was that day when she touched
3: the intercom and said, Burns, get in here!
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And man, she, called herself she, out saw, on the carpet. she saw the look in her eyes, yeah, and she knew uh, that the jig was up, and so, um. What she did was, so she pushed the intercom. She said, Burns, get in here. And then she pushed the intercom and said, I'm in the bathroom. And, uh,
3: <laughs> and, then, and then she pushed the intercom again and said, you're not in the bathroom. I'm right. I can see you right now.
0: <laughs> and then she pushed the intercom and said, um, that's a breach of work ethics for you to be watching me in the bathroom.
3: <laughs> Bit of a pervert, aren't you? And then she sued herself.
0: <laughs> yeah, sued the I'm... shit out of herself. Oh uh-huh. my gosh! Yeah, boy, that she will was... be
3: paying herself in in monthly installments for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, that one, by the way, went all the way to the Supreme Court. Right. And
3: uh, they eventually it, yeah. found for Bonnie Burns versus Bonnie Burns.
0: Yeah, they did, and it was lucky for her that it was just after Amy Coney Barrett got on the bench, um, because she
3: swung the vote on that. Yeah. So, Paula, do you want me to tally up the results, or do you have another? No, not yet.
0: Not yet. Okay. Uh, Wait. My dog's eating dirt. The grass (laughs) eaters eating dirt. (laughs) Do you know why your dog is eating dirt right now? Because the dogs are doing a production of 100 Years of
3: Solitude. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Those dogs are good actors.
3: They are, really. Just like little Aurelio.
0: Okay. Are you ready?
3: Aurelina. I can't remember his name. Yes, go ahead.
0: On the topic of aliens, A, I believe there's life on other planets, and I fear it. B, I don't believe there's life on other planets. C, I believe there's life on other planets, and I would blow someone from Al-Qaeda to get a chance to go away with an alien. Wow.
3: Adam. Okay. Um, boy, this is this is a tough one for me because, um, I really do believe that there's life on other planets. I uh, I would love to go visit them. I'm not afraid of them. Uh, but I'm not willing to blow somebody for Al Qaeda <laughs> <laughs> for the opportunity. So I, I don't I don't know where where uh-huh. I fit in with this one, Paula. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So this really is more. To do with... Can, can
3: I make a wooden blow category? Would love to, wooden blow?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, who wouldn't blow? Ho, 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 who wouldn't blow? All
3: right, so uh, let's, let's pass it around to Bonnie.
0: Up on the alien ship, click, click, click.
1: <laughs> well, it's tough for me, too, because I believe there's life on other planets, and... Don't tell me the rest of the first one.
3: No, this is oh, not a I'm guessing game. I'm not, with not the afraid
1: tr- of it. I'm not okay. afraid of it.
3: So are you putting on lip balm right now and, and, and heading for Afghanistan?
1: Um, <laughs> no, because I don't know if I want to go visit.
3: Oh, you just don't want to go. Okay. Paula, can that be a category? i not to go.
0: Well, I guess it has to if be. If they were in a museum, I'd go look. Keep in mind that if this were online... She would have broken up C. She would say, well, can I just blow someone from Al-Qaeda and have it nothing to do with aliens? <laughs> and, and not go to
3: <laughs> so, see the aliens? Yeah that's, yeah, that's probably what she would have done. Uh,
0: for, for me, it's uh, C. Oh, you would go ahead and uh, blow Al-Qaeda. I would do whatever I had to do to get taken away well, from this planet.
3: Specifically in this scientific survey that you set up, it's not whatever you ha- would have to do. It's uh, Well, in
0: it's, this case, that's what I would have to do, and I would do it. It would be emotionless. <laughs> You're like gonna blow a guy from Al Qaeda. Yeah, to go with the aliens, I would. Yeah,
3: that's interesting. You know, I can't wait till uh, somebody posts this on our social media and we really see what our <laughs> listeners think of this. All right, so can I can I offer the results of the first ever Poundstone polling report? Yes, please. Okay. On the subject of uh, now that the stay home order has been lifted, uh, do you find it difficult to go out and stuff like that? Thirty three percent of those <laughs> polled said that they find it very difficult to go out. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. 33% said, I don't have anywhere to go, <laughs> a pathetic answer. That's 33% of us said that. And uh, 33% said they go out and, uh, whenever they need to, they, but, you know, they don't find it difficult.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. So okay. the country is all over the board on that one.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, on the important question of how you feel about dogs, but in very specific ways, 66% of us love dogs, 67% actually, when you round up. And uh thirty three percent of us just have dogs so that they can visit the veterinarian and get their medicine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a fantastic cream the other day.
3: Yeah, an ointment, you think?
0: <laughs> yeah, I like got an ointment that um I'm just loving.
3: All right, okay, keep going. What else? Okay, when it comes to the survey of what kind of coworker do you like, a hundred percent of us. Enjoy working with someone who always tells the truth and doesn't lie to us so that's that's, that's a lot uh-huh. of us scientifically speaking not a single one of us chose like to be lied to or don't like people
0: uh-huh yeah okay. that's that's
3: interesting um, okay now when it comes to the big question of life on other planets <laughs> um <laughs> of us believe that life exists, but don't particularly want to visit them. Uh Uh-huh. 33% would blow a member of Al-Qaeda for a chance to be taken (laughs) away.
0: By the way, when I... Polled Al Qaeda members, I worded yeah. it entirely different.
3: That's very smart. You learned a lot from our previous guest. And I, I would say there's another 33% of us who would love to visit our friends from out there, but uh, would be unwilling to blow a member of Al Qaeda to get there.
0: Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. Uh huh.
3: And so that's the good, hard data from our first ever Poundstone polling report.
0: So that last 33% just was someone not willing to do the work.
3: Well, if the work was blowing Al-Qaeda, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
3: mean, I don't I don't know who answered that, but we could find that person. Uh, but I, I would suspect if we could find a person, it would have more to do with all kinds of questions about the morality and sexuality involved in you know, puckering up and blowing a member of Al-Qaeda.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that respondent probably just thinks he's going to pay for his trip to another civilization with uh, frequent flyer miles, I guess
3: yeah or something I just you know what i'll I'll say this if aliens come down and they're like "You're welcome to come with us, our friend, and visit our planet of wonders, but first, you gotta blow that guy i I probably would would suspect their motives, yeah, well, yeah. you
0: know what you might do is check your frequent blower account and see if <laughs> uh you have any points already built up.
3: oh that's right i might have I might have some miles on that.
0: Yeah, something something, just to think about. Yeah, yeah, something to check out. You know, don't cross it off your list. Um, Was that all the issues that we dealt with today?
3: Absolutely. I'll
0: bet you Claudia Dean from the Pew Research Center, if she listens to this, she's going to find so many pointers.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, some of these questions I actually saw on the recent Pew report, so uh, I'm sure there'll be more on them next time. All
0: right, for donors to Pew Research Center, uh, that is not true.
3: <laughs> hey, nobodies, if you have a question or comments or you just want to leave your results of this survey, send that to nobody listens to Paula Boundstone at gmail.com. Paula, what is going on in your Poundstone product empire this week?
0: Like so many businesses, Adam, Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, had to deal with the pandemic and it was able to come out a winner by being nimble. <laughs> Poundstone Pussy Pillows are pleasing cats around the nation. They're 4-inch by 5-inch catnip-filled pillows with a grommet for attaching a string to make it a pull toy. It has a catch on one side and on the other side. I'll autograph it to your cat. Head to the store at paulapoundstone.com. Speaking of personalized gifts, if you go to cameo.com paulap33, that's cameo.com slash polyp33, you can order a video message that I will customize to your friends, loved ones, or difficult family members. Jane says, if she never zooms with you again, it'll be too soon for her. It's going to be a hot summer. What could feel better than to face it in my remarkably soft tri-poly blend t-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back? You can get them in standard and baseball style. Go to the store at paulapoundstone.com. Of course, there's more, Adam,
3: but Heidi. That's right. Now, Paula, I want to bring back an oldie but a goodie. You sell these Poundstone Pussy Pillows, and they have a little grommet that you could tie a string to, but you do not tie the string to it, do you? I do not, you know, because uh, it takes a village. That's right. And um, a lot of you might know that I set up sort of a cottage industry that is attached to your cottage industry, which is I offered to tie a string to a Poundstone Pussy Pillow and put my own signature on it. And I'm offended by the name Poundstone Pussy Pillows. So um, if you want to transform your Poundstone Pussy Pillow into a Felber Feline Fun Bag, You can do so by simply sending the Poundstone Pussy Pillow to me, and I will tie a string to it and sign it. And I am happy to report, Paula, that I just affixed a string to two more Poundstone Pussy Pillows and sent them out.
0: Yes. Your business must be nimble as well.
3: Well, we adjusted for COVID times. All right. (laughs) Subscribe to this podcast. It's free. You'll get it every week at no charge. If there's something you want to know more about... A topic that you're hankering to learn about, let us know. We're at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And please, hey, if you like the show, consider going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. That's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Claudia Dean.
0: Yay!
3: And thanks to House Band Alex Young. Yay! Yay! Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lazepnik, Tony Anita Hall, and Tyler Burke. Interned is Carly Patrone. Starbirds production by Lan Romo and Sam Dunwald. Transcription Yay! services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's
0: our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs>
3: I I guess I'd hold hands with somebody from Al-Qaeda. It's
0: not how you get to another planet. I don't see why that would do it. The aliens were very clear about this.
3: I feel like they're messing with us.
0: I think that they're like, no, how bad do you want it? You know? Um. And so I think they thought of a particularly unsavory challenge. Right. You know? It's not just like eat a flavor of Pop-Tart you don't like. So, yeah, that's what I think is happening there because okay. um, they were very clear on this point when I spoke
3: with them. So are you going to do it? Oh, yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. Um, didn't I tell you I'm going to be away for a little while?
3: <laughs> yeah, you did. I didn't I didn't know where you were going. End of, yeah. end of July, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Early August. Yeah,
0: okay. Star A podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.